this week, I've, uh, last few weeks, I've had uh, the challenge of sitting with somebody that I love and have known for a long time after they've gotten the diagnosis that they only have a few months to live. And, and you know, as a pastor, um, I have a seat uh, that, that are, that's sometimes tough. I have to face some tough things with people. And all through my journey, I've had to uh, confront the reality of life and death. And, I, and, I, uh, and you know, in the midst of it, I've come to understand from uh, uh, one of my greatest teachers in my life who was an 18-year-old kid who, who died. The ambassadors are going to be with us next week, the baseball team. I'm so excited they're going to be with us. But uh, I remember when Justin wrote in his journal that there will come a day when we will all see God face to face. This is when we will understand things fully. When God asks me to believe something that's beyond belief, I decide if I'll trust my five senses or have enough sense to believe in him. And you know, one of the things I've, in the midst of my questions, in the midst of my, my struggle of faith, in the midst of difficult times, because I've known difficult times in my life, I've come to recognize that God is faithful. And you know, it's interesting because as I encounter people that are agnostic or atheist or, or these kind of, that hold these kind of beliefs, uh, they, they've looked at me and said, you Christians just have blind belief and blind faith and it makes no sense. But as a Christian, I want you to understand we don't have blind belief. We have a lot of reasons for the faith that we have. And, and, and like 1 Peter 3.15 says, we need to all be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. And, and we need to do this with gentleness and respect. And the reality is there's a reason for our faith. And, and when I think about my life, I, I look at how God has moved in, in my life and how God has answered prayer. There are many reasons why I believe in Christ. I, I believe in Christ because of the evidence of the resurrection. I mean, think about it. If, it's like what I said to our, our, our guide in Israel who was not a believer. I said, well, you know what? If the resurrection happened, if Jesus really did rise from the dead, that's worth a look, Right? Because only God could rise from the dead. Only, only God himself could conquer the grave. And Jesus did that. And, and so there's reasons. There's evidence for the resurrection. In my own life, too, there are times that I've, uh, they, I've experienced God answer a prayer. I've experienced God lift my head when, when I didn't understand the outcome. There, there are times that God has provided supernaturally. And God has just been at work in my life. He's spoken to me. He's led me, and, and he's answered prayer. And, and, and so when I'm confronted with that question of, uh, it doesn't make sense for you to have a blind faith in God, I say, my faith is not blind. I, I have many reasons to trust in God. In fact, there, God has been at work so clearly in my life, I can honestly say, it doesn't make sense for me not to believe in him. And that's why the story of Abraham is so powerful. And this morning, we're going to continue to kind of give an, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a step back and look at the big picture of Abraham, but we're going to focus in on Genesis 22. But um, this, this man in Scripture, he gets a lot of press in the Bible. 
Abraham is written about in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. And Abraham is this incredible figure that we are, are, need to rub shoulders with. We need to understand because Abraham is this incredible model of a man who learned to trust God. And, and one of my prayers today is, Lord, I want to stand in front of our church and, and, and I want to be a man that learns to trust you. And I pray that we are a group of people that we learn to trust you. And I want us, I want us to realize and I'm saying this not at you, but with you, that God is faithful to do everything he said he would do. He is who he said he, he is, and, 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 and he is, he's at work in us, and, and we can trust him. I don't know how you walked in the room today. Maybe you walked in the room overwhelmed with your circumstances. Maybe you're, I just texted this dear friend of mine. And said, hey, I'm about to preach on Abraham and his faith. I'm praying for you today that God teaches you you can trust him. You know, the story of Abraham is incredible because, you know, we looked last week how Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And, and, and I don't want us to overlook this moment in, in Genesis 19 because in, in chapter 19, um, uh, Abraham was, was at, the, at his tent uh, outside the oaks at Mamre, and these angels show up. And remember what they said, they, they were on their way to Sodom, and, and they're talking to Abraham, and, and they said, Abraham... I want you to know, a year from now, your wife is going to have a son. Now, Abraham is this incredible man of faith because think about his life. Think about what we've looked at over the last several weeks. He, he's this guy that, that God said to him, Abraham I, Abraham, I want you to leave your house and go to a land I'll show you. He's like, where, God? I'll show you later. Just go. And he goes. He, he is a man that said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. And it's going to be a beautiful land. Well, where, where is it, God? I'll, I'll tell you later. Just trust me. Okay. And he does. In Genesis 15, 6 is this famous verse that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Uh, he said to him, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. He's like, how, God? I'll tell you later. And then as he's, so God had promised him, he took him outside, look up at the sky, and, and your descendants are going to outnumber the stars in the sky. And, and the one problem was he was old, and his wife was old. He's like, God, I don't have an heir. And then finally at the Oaks of Mamre, these angels show up on their way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, and they say, one year from now, your wife is going to have a child. Sarah is in the tent listening, and the Bible says in Genesis 19, she laughed and said to herself, there's no way I'm going to have a child. The way of women is no longer with me, essentially meaning, hey, look, I can't have kids anymore. I know how this biology works. And the angels say, why'd you laugh? And she was embarrassed. I, 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 don't, I didn't laugh. Yeah, yeah, you did. And then they asked this question, is there anything too hard for God? Now, what would you walk in here with today? What, what are you worried about right now? Can, I, can, can we hear that question? Is there anything too hard for God? It's a huge question. Now, turn to Genesis 21. 
And, and let's look at this. And, and we're going to look at verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 3. Would you stand with me? And let's read this text together because God had been promising Abraham a child. And, and, and then we get to Genesis 21. And it says this, verse 1, The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And this is the word of the Lord. Now, you may be seated. Now, let's look at this. Let's just look at this passage for a second. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Can I tell you that there's going to be a moment that's going to be our journey, our experience. We're going to stand before the Lord, and God's going to keep the promises as he had said. The Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. I mean, don't you know that God has made us some promises? And I want you to understand that, uh, that no matter what happens in our lives, the Lord will keep every promise he has made. And Sarah conceived and bore, bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. He's like, see, look, God kept his word. God did just what he said he would do. And let me tell you something, there's going to be a day that we're going to see God do everything that he said he was going to do. And Abraham called the name of his son Isaac, whom was born to him, and Sarah who bore him. And his name was Isaac. You know what that means? It means laughter. And, and they had a lot of laughter. Now, now, it's interesting. I want us to look at how Abraham learned to trust the Lord because in the midst of his journey, he made some mistakes. In the midst of his, his struggle, in the midst of his life, we, I want to just take a big picture of Abraham's life. So keep your Bibles open to Genesis. And, and I pray, one of the things I want, to, I want to challenge you to do, would you sometime this week get with your family and would you go through, go back through the story of Abraham, and would you notice the moments when he trusted God? And would you sit down with your family and go, how do we need to trust the Lord? And let's have, I want to challenge you to have a conversation with your family and say, let's look at how God has kept his promise to us. And I want to challenge you to do that because our children need to go to college and need to be able to connect the dots when, before they leave our homes and recognize, look, God has moved in our lives, in our family. And, and I pray that you sit down this week and you say, let's draw this picture so that when your kids go to college and a professor gets up and says, look, it makes no sense for you to believe in God, they can honestly say, well, wait a minute, it makes... No sense for me not to believe in him. Even though you have more degrees than me, professor, I, I can't buy what's your addition. And I pray you do that today. But let's look at Abraham's life. Now, we see in Genesis 16, look back at Genesis 16, verses 1 and 2. A Abraham had been promised a son. Sarah had been promised a son. What do they do in Genesis 16? They take matters into their own hands. Look at what they did. Now, Sarah, Abraham, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. 
See, see, one of the things we see that, that from Abraham's life is that waiting on God's timing teaches us to trust him. And, and can I tell you, there are times that we have to wait on God's timing. Right here is a failure of this man of faith. And I'm encouraged that I look at Scripture. Abraham is listed in, in Hebrews 11 in the hall of faith. I mean, he's in the hall of fame. And yet we see a failure in his life. The time that he says, God, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. He and Sarah say, God, look, I don't, we don't have a child. Let's figure this out and let's do it our own way. Do it our way rather than waiting on the Lord. And how often do we do the same thing. We, we don't wait on God's timing. And I want you to understand today, waiting on God's timing teaches us to trust him. Abram learned to trust God because we see in the verse that we read today that God did just what he said he would do. But you know, it, it's, I want us to see a couple of things. God's promise to guide us through the maze of life. And life is sometimes a maze, isn't it? But can I, can I challenge us to trust his hand even when we don't understand the chaos that goes on in life? And I just want to stand in front of you today and say you can trust him. Wait on him. Wait on his timing. Uh, you know, I've got to avoid taking matters into my own hands. This is a struggle I have all the time. I mean, I think about how there have been moments in my life that God has moved, and I said, God, I will never doubt you again. But then I got up this morning to go over my notes for this message and found myself doubting some things. Are you, are you like that? I mean, God, but I want you to understand God is faithful. And I'm learning, and I'm trying to learn to not take matters into my own hands. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for the tests that come into my life. I'm grateful for the trials that come into my life because I'm discovering that every test I face teaches me that God is faithful. And do you know that's true? That every, if you're in a test right now, if you are struggling right now with, God, are you faithful? God, can I trust you? Can I tell you that every test I face teaches me that God is faithful. And Abraham is a man that went through many tests and learned that God is faithful. And when I look at the story of Abraham, I, I, we see that just laid out in front of us. But, but I also see God's patience. Look at chapter 17, and I want you to notice that we, we dog Sarah for laughing, but do you know that Abraham laughed too? In chapter 17, verse 17, then Abraham uh, after he was told, you're going to have a child, Sarah was going to have a child, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, shall a child be more, born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? But look at this, verse 22. Look down at verse 22. When he had finished to, when, talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all those born in his house were bought with his money, every male among the, the men of Abraham's household, and every circumcised, uh, and, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, God had said, as God had said to him. He, he met with God. God, God. He's like, God, I'm, I'm bringing you my question. I'm loud. Are you kidding me, Lord? Can you do this? But God spoke to him. God led him. And what did God do? Um, he moved him to obey him. And see, I've learned that we, we see this, and I, I'm so grateful for God's patience with, it, with me. I'm so grateful for the times in my life when, when God has, has, has heard me cry out to him and heard me doubt him and heard me say, Lord, I know you've moved in my past, but, but I'm doubting you today. And aren't you grateful for the patience of God? But here's what I found in my life. 
And I see it in Abraham's life. God's patience moves us to obey his commands. I love what Abraham does here. He, he's doubting God. God, my, my wife's old. There's no way she's going to have a child. We're old. But then he meets with God. He goes to him. And then what does he do after that meeting with God? He immediately goes out and obeys the Lord. And this is why I pray that in the midst of our doubts, we choose to obey the Lord. And see, we've got to understand, it's my, it, it, it's my prayer that we are obedient to the voice of God. And that's, that's one of the lessons of Abraham. That's one of the things he did. He obeyed the voice of God consistently and said, God, even though I doubt you, even though I struggle, I'm going to do what you say. And time after time, Abraham is this picture of obedience. Can I, can I challenge us to be a people that say, God, we will obey you even when we can't see you? And today, you may have walked in today, in this room, and you're, you're, you're like, God, I don't know that I trust you. But can I challenge you to obey him even when you can't see him? That's Abraham's life. You see, we got to see the real faith, and that's what I pray we develop. We grow into a, we have a real faith in God. Real faith is not something you say. Real faith is not just something you feel. Real faith is, is not just acknowledging a set of facts. Real faith is a gift, is a gift that you trust in, you cling to, you rely on, you commit yourself to. And I pray that we are a people that cling to the Lord. And that's what I love about Abraham and his life. He is, he is forever a picture of a man who clung to the Lord. And I, I want you to know, however you walked in the room today, You'll never regret clinging to him, obeying him, doing what he said. And then, then we get to Genesis 22. We've got to see this today. And this is where I want to spend a lot of our time. And I want us to read some of this. In Genesis 22, um, uh, you've got to understand when, when Isaac is born, Isaac is finally born, and, 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 and Isaac means laughter and joy, and, and, and you know, Isaac brought incredible laughter. I mean, can you imagine what Sarah and Abraham are feeling like as, as this promise has been made? God said, hey, I'm going to give you a son, and they're like, this is impossible. I'm 90, I'm in my 90s, God. I mean, I mean there, are, there are very few people in, the, in their 90s here today, right? And, uh, and can you imagine in your 90s, going, whoo, whoa, oh Lord, this is, I'm tired, I'm not, never mind, I'm not going to go there, but, um, but in her 90s, she's pregnant, she has a baby, and he's healthy, and they brought, Isaac brought them so much joy, you got to realize from, from, from chapters 20, 21 to 22, do you know how many years passed by here? 20 years passed by. For 20 years, here is Abraham and, and Sarah, and they're enjoying Isaac. And can you imagine the laughter that that boy brought to them, the joy that that boy, boy brought to them? And then God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable, the absolute unthinkable. God decided at this moment to test Abraham. And, and he said, Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice your son. Now, now, why was God doing this? Was God saying to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice. Uh, I'm going to see if you'll disobey me. No, it wasn't about uh, Abraham learning to obey God or, or, or God was not tempting Abraham to disobey him. 
God does not tempt us to do evil. God was moving in Abraham's life because he needed to be a man that, learned to tr- that, that continued to learn to trust the Lord. And I want you to know this is a continual journey through our life. We will continually learn to trust the Lord. And it's my prayer that day by day we grow up in our faith and we learn to trust the Lord more and more every day. And it's been my prayer today that, that God would take this message in his word and teach all of us the Lord, we need to trust you more today than we ever have. And this was a moment that God was moving in Abraham's life. And, 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 I, and I want us to see God is calling us to this life of faith. And, and a life of faith is a remarkable life. And, and I, loved, I, I loved introducing Jordan and Becky today because this was a step of faith for them. This was a step into the unknown. But, but I'll tell you, that's, that's how we learn to trust the Lord. We have a struggle in, our, in the United States, in, in America. We want to we wanna have calculated risk. And, and Lord, we don't want to trust you too much. We want to see the outcome before we step. And I want you to understand that, that God is leading us to take a step, steps of faith, to take steps of trust, take steps into the unknown. And, and, and you know, when I said to you today, I want to challenge you to go sit with your family and talk about how God has moved, some of you may have thought, I don't know that we've really ever taken a step into the unknown. And maybe your journey with your family today is how do we take steps of faith? Maybe that's where your conversation is shaped. How do we as a family take steps of faith where we learn to trust the Lord and live a life of faith? And can I ask you, are you living a remarkable life of faith? Because Abraham lived this remarkable life. And can I tell you this, point number three is so important that active obedience to God produces a remarkable life. And one of the things that I see that, that it, I, I rub across, run across people that are, that are going to church and they're like, man, church is boring to me. And, and can I tell you, if church is boring, is follow, if following Jesus is boring, then let me tell you something is desperately wrong because it is, it is absolutely impossible for you to follow Jesus and be bored with your life. Now, you can follow Jesus and be nervous. You can follow Jesus and not know how it's going to work out. You can, but, but I pray that we are a church full of people that live remarkable lives. I pray that our children grow up in our homes and they learn that God is faithful. They learn to take steps of faith and trust. And they go to college and look at a professor and go, that's ridiculous for you to just say that God doesn't exist because it's blind faith. I have a reason for my faith. And Abraham was obedient to God. Now look at verse 22 verses 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Can you imagine Abraham going, What? You want me to offer my son that you've promised, that we have waited for, that, that, that you've told me time and time again that he was coming, and he came, and in in, in, in we're old, and, and Lord, he's brought so much laughter to our lives, and I'm to sacrifice him. What? 
You see, God is testing Abraham here. And, you know, I want you to understand, do you know that God tests us to prepare us for his work in the world? And that you and I will face tests not to, not to prove God's not testing us to evil. God's showing us that he's faithful. And I want you to know you may be in a test right now. And can I tell you that God is preparing you. And I don't know all the, the, the ways, and I can't connect all the dots, and there are many moments in my life that I've, I've sat with families and people, and, I, and I've, I've not been able to say, here's why God is doing this. I don't know. But I know that God doesn't waste one moment. And I know that when we get to heaven, we're going to see how everything comes together and how, how God was at work. And I'm going to understand the tears that I've cried and, and the challenges that I've faced are all a part of a bigger story that, that is bringing glory to God. And I know that when I get to heaven and I see how it all works out, I will say, God, it was worth every tear. Every tear was worth it. And see, Abraham... Uh, Man, he gets this, this call, go sacrifice Isaac. Look at verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And I want you to notice verse 4. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. This is a three-day journey. Can you imagine that journey? This is, not, this is not a quick walk. This is a, can you imagine the agonizing journey? For three days, Abraham is walking going, God, in, my own, in his heart, he's got to be saying, Lord, what are, what are we doing here? God, he got up early in the morning. Did you notice that? He got up early. God said, go sacrifice your son. He didn't get up late. What did he do? He got up early. Let's get going. It shows us that when God speaks, I, I must act quickly. I pray that I do that. I pray that every time God speaks to me that I act quickly. This is what Abraham did. He got up early in the morning and he traveled for three days. And I can only imagine what's going on in his heart for those three days as he's walking and talking with God, saying, God, okay, I'm going to do it. I got up early. We're on our way. Show us. Show me. And... And he keeps going. And you know what? For three days, God didn't speak. You know that there are times that God's silent? Have you ever experienced that? That time in your life when you're like, God, I'm praying, I'm seeking, but I, but I can't hear you? But like God always does, he teaches us through the silence. He he. he he ministers to us in spite of the silence. He helps us in spite of the silence. And I want you to notice verse 5. Verse 5 is, so Abraham, verse 4, on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes, saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, he gets there, stay here with me. Stay, excuse me, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. Look at Abraham. Do you know that this is the first time the word worship is found in Scripture? I want us to think about that for a second. Let's think about our modern understanding of worship. 
Abraham is sacrificing here. Can, can, we rec- can we just let that settle for a minute? What is worship? Worship is not just a quiver in my liver, jumping and dancing. Though there are times we dance and we feel things in worship. But can I tell you worship here? This is the first time it's, it's, it's listed in Scripture. The word worship. Abraham says, we're going to worship. The context of this is sacrifice. It's giving. It's like, Lord, I'm giving you all that I have. I'm giving you the best I have. But look what he says. Um, We're going to come to you again. And I love that. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So, they, both, so both, they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. See, Abraham had been this man that learned to trust God. And and you know what? I look at this and I'm thinking, Lord, I want to grow to the point like Abraham that regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the difficulty that I'm facing, I trust your provision. And see, here's the thing about God's silence. Do you know that God breaks his silence at just the right time? And I want you to know that if God is silent right now in your life, do you know that God will break his silence at just the right time for you? Verse 9, when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar, and he laid the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, said it twice. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide as it is to this day. On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Isn't that awesome? He named the place the Lord will provide. And can I just stand in front of you right now and tell you that the Lord will provide for you and for me in the right time, in the right moment. And I want you to know that. But here's the thing that I know about Abraham. We see this in his life. 
Do you know that every trust opportunity creates real intimacy with God? And do you know that God wants you to be intimate with him? And those moments when we are learning to trust the Lord, those moments when we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know how it's going to work out, and we get on our knees and say, God, would you help us? That's this intimate moment with the Father that, that he longs for. And I, and, and I don't know this fully, but having children has caused me to get it just a little bit because I'll tell you, I, I, I ride with my teenagers and I, and I want to, to be close to them. I want to be in their lives. I, I long for a, for a good relationship with my children. And, and, I, and it brings me joy as a father when I have harmony in my family. And do you know that God longs for an intimate relationship with you and me? In every moment that we learn to trust him, every moment we, we lean on him, it creates intimacy. And I, can I tell you, you can have intimacy with God. And this is the, the, what the scripture tells us. This is why it's very important we can't get up and say God is distant from us. And, and we can't just come to church and go through the religious motions and not come close to the Lord and be intimate with him, that God longs to have a relationship with you that's deeply personal. And I don't want you to miss that kind of life, that kind of remarkable life that you can walk with God and know him and trust him and experience him. Because that's, that's why God gave us his Holy Spirit who's in our lives. And I love this about the Lord. And, and, you know, when I look at, at, at this story of Abraham and Isaac and God at work here, it's this incredible picture of, a, of, of the love our Heavenly Father has for us. But, but there's, you know, when I look at Father Abraham and, and Isaac, and it's this beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father. But can I tell you, there's one difference that I don't want us to miss today. Our Heavenly Father loves us so much. And, and, and you know how much he loves you? You see, God, in this moment with Abraham and Isaac, God spared his son. And Isaac got up and they slaughtered the lamb together, or the ram together, and they walked down the mountain, and, and their story continues. But you know what Romans 8.32 says, For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, now, how, how will he not also be with him who graciously gives us all things? And what's interesting is that God, the Almighty Father, his son, was laid on that altar of sacrifice called the cross. And you know what? God did not spare him. Jesus, God in the flesh, went to the cross for you and for me. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And can I tell you, that God loves you so much that he did not spare his son for you. And Jesus went to the cross and he rescued us from the grave. 
like, we, like our children let us, help us sing about that today. And I know that my friend who has given, been given three months to live, and I sat at his house eight days ago, and we talked about heaven. We talked about the reality if this is the moment that you're going to pass from this life, God is faithful to keep every promise he made. Because of Jesus, the grave is nothing to fear.